Welcome to Biblical Tapestry, podcast season two, episode one, the book of Daniel and introduction. Biblical Tapestry is a podcast where we explore how the Bible is its own commentary and how the gospel is thoroughly woven from Genesis to Revelation. In this first episode of season two, we introduce the book of Daniel. Daniel is an essential introduction to the New Testament. In order to understand Jesus, John, and Paul, we must understand Daniel. Jesus himself quotes Daniel as a prophet of God, yet too often this book is ignored or neglected because some, to some, the passages seem strange and they seem difficult. We will study this marvelous book in detail. All right, Daniel chapter 1, starting in verse 1. In the third year of the reign of King Jehoiakim of Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and laid siege to it. The Lord handed King Jehoiakim of Judah over to him, along with some of the vessels from the house of God. Nebuchadnezzar carried them to the land of Babylon, to the house of his God, and put the vessels in the treasury of his God. The king ordered Ashpenaz, his chief eunuch, to bring some of the Israelites from the royal family and from the nobility. Young men without any physical defect, good-looking, suitable for instruction and all wisdom, knowledgeable, perceptive, and capable of serving in the king's palace. He was to teach them the Chaldean language and literature. The king assigned them daily provisions from the royal food and from the wine that he drank. They were to be trained for three years, and at the end of that time, they were to attend the king. Among them from the Judites was Daniel. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief eunuch gave them names. He gave them the name Belteshazzar to Daniel, Shadrach to Hananiah, Meshach to Mishael, and Abednego to Azariah. So the book opens with the young Daniel being taken captive by the Babylonians in 605 BC. Since he also witnessed the fall of Babylon in 539 BC, and the subsequent events, he must have lived in Babylon until about 535 B.C. He had a long, eventful life and a ministry that spanned about 70 years. We can guess based on events that his age at captivity, he must have been around 85 years old when he may have died. Daniel's name means, God is my judge. Daniel is also mentioned in five occasions in other scriptures. We find most of those in Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 14, verse 13 says, Son of man, suppose a land sins against me by acting faithlessly, and I stretch out my hand against it to cut off its supply of bread, to send famine through it, and to wipe out both people and animals from it. Even if these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, They would rescue only themselves by their righteousness. This is the declaration of the Lord God. Ezekiel, same chapter, 14, verse 19 says, Or suppose I send a plague into that land and pour out my wrath on it with bloodshed to wipe out both people and animals from it. Even if Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it as I live, the declaration of the Lord God, they could not rescue their son or daughter. They would rescue only themselves by their righteousness. And then we have Ezekiel 28, verses 2 through 3, says, Son of man, say to the ruler of Tyre, This is what the Lord God says, Your heart is proud, and you have said, 
I am a God. I sit in the seat of gods in the heart of the sea. Yet you're a man and not a God, though you have regarded your heart as that of a God. Yes, you're wiser than Daniel. No secret is hidden from you. And again, Ezekiel was speaking of the upcoming full judgment on Judah and Tyre and of the other areas that uh, Babylon would conquer. And then we have Matthew chapter 24, verse 15, when Jesus himself says, So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, let the reader understand, then those in Judea must flee to the mountains. So we see Jesus calling him a prophet. In Hebrews, Daniel is not mentioned by name, but as a prophet whose actions can only be attributed to Daniel. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32 says, And what more can I say? Time is too short for me to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, Quench the raging fire, escape the edge of the sword, gain strength and weakness, became mighty in battle, and put foreign armies to the flight. Now there's been some opposition to the timeline of Daniel, and most of that has developed in the modern era. Many question the date of the writing because of the extremely accurate prophecies that are included. However, if this was true, and if it would have been written later, a later writer certainly would have improved upon the stories to fit the time. Actions in Daniel show a change from execution process by fire for the Babylonians and execution by lions from the Persians after they had conquered Babylon. There are very few Greek words in Daniel, and if this had been written later, the Greek infusion of words would have been substantial. The few Greek words used in Daniel were well known at the time and would have been spread widely by Greek merchants. Interestingly, part of Daniel is written in Aramaic and part in Hebrew. The Aramaic of the book does not conform to later samples of the language. The Hebrew text resembles Ezekiel, Haggai, and Ezra that were all within the same period of time. The theology of Daniel centers around the sovereignty of God as the Lord of kings and nations. All the kings and nations of the earth were subject to the sovereignty of God. It also speaks to God's care for his followers. And most importantly, as we'll see in Daniel chapter 7, it emphasizes the persona and work of the Messiah in the Son of Man figure. Jesus refers to the same chapter 7, to himself and his future second coming. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 62, the high priest stood up and said to him, Don't you have an answer to what these men are testifying against you? But Jesus kept silent. The high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. You have said it, Jesus told him, but I tell you in the future, you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Mark chapter 14 verse 61 says, But he kept silent and did not answer. Again the high priest questioned him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? I am, said Jesus, and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. 
And then again in Luke chapter 22, verse 67, they said to him, they said, if you are the Messiah, tell us. But he said to them, if I do tell you, you will not believe. If I ask you, you will not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. And all this by Jesus was referencing Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. I continued watching in the night visions, and suddenly one like a son of man was coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days, and he was escorted before him. He was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, so that those of every people, nation, and language should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will not be destroyed. All right, let's get into the book, and we'll develop much of these thoughts further as we go through the scripture. All right, Daniel 1, verse 1. In the third year of the reign of King Jehoiakim of Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and laid siege to it. So Daniel reports that the Babylonians invaded Judah in the third year of Jehoiakim. This would be according to the regnal dating that Daniel used for Jehoiakim's rule in Judah. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon was one of the greatest monarchs in ancient times. At some point between the defeat of the Egyptians at Karshemish and the death of Nebuchadnezzar's father Nabopolassar, Nebuchadnezzar subdued Jerusalem and took captives including Daniel and his friends. There is no doubt in the history of the 605 B.C. campaign of Nebuchadnezzar. Jeremiah reports that this battle of Karchemish took place in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, while Daniel had stated the third year. Jeremiah chapter 46, verse 1 and 2. This is the word of the Lord that came to the prophet Jeremiah about the nations, about Egypt and the army of Pharaoh Necho. Egypt's king, which was defeated at Karshemish and the Euphrates River by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon in the fourth year of Judah's king Jehoiakim, son of Josiah. The resolution of these two dates is because both the Judean and the Babylonian calendars were used at the time. One used any partial year as a complete year, while the other from the moment the kingdom came into Jehoiakim's hands. So that gets resolved quickly. Verse 2 of Daniel chapter 1 says the Lord handed King Jehoiakim of Judah over to him along with some of the vessels from the house of God. Nebuchadnezzar carried them to the land of Babylon to the house of his God and put the vessels in the treasury of his God. Notice who handed Judah over to the Babylonians. The Lord handed King Jehoiakim over. God was in charge of the situation. The word for the Lord was Adonai, meaning owner, ruler, or sovereign. God was sovereign over what was transpiring as a major theme of the book of Daniel. To be handed over here is literally the word Natan, or gave. It was not the might or genius of Nebuchadnezzar, but the sovereign will of God that this happened. This was God's judgment on a sinful nation. Second Chronicles 36, 5 through 8, Moses had warned them. Moses had warned them in Deuteronomy. We'll get that to in a minute. Second Chronicles 36, 5 through 8 says, Jehoiakim 
was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord his God. Now King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon attacked him and bound him in bronze shackles to take him to Babylon. Also, Nebuchadnezzar took some of the articles of the Lord's temple to Babylon and put them in his temple in Babylon. The rest of the deeds of Jehoiakim, the detestable actions he committed, and what was found against him are written in the book of Israel's kings. His son Jehoiakim became king in his place. Well, for a hundred years, God had warned Judah to repent or face judgment. Actually, not a hundred years, but hundreds of years. And they had not listened to the prophets God had sent them. And Moses, in Deuteronomy, as we said, was, had predicted this would happen. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 15, verse 36 through 37, and verse 49 through 50. But if you do not obey the Lord your God by carefully following all his commands and statutes, I am giving you today, all these curses will come and overtake you. Verse 36, the Lord will bring you and your king that you have appointed to a nation neither you nor your ancestors have known, and there you will worship other gods of wood and stone. You'll become an object of horror, scorn, and ridicule among all the peoples the Lord will drive you. And then in verse 49, the Lord will bring a nation from far away from the ends of the earth to swoop down on you like an eagle, a nation whose language you won't understand, a ruthless nation showing no respect for the old and not sparing the young. So God had warned them since the time of Moses that they needed to follow him. They needed to follow him. And the Jehoiakim was an evil king, and he suffered because of it. And then it says all the gold and silver cups and utensils used in the temple ceremonies were captured, some now and most later. King Hezekiah had shown these items to the Babylonians some 100 years earlier. In Isaiah chapter 39, starting at verse 1, At that time, Merodach Baladan, son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent letters and a gift to Hezekiah since he had heard they had been sick and had recovered. Hezekiah was pleased with the letters, and he showed the envoys his treasure house, the silver, the gold, the spices, and the precious oil, and all his armory, and everything that was found in his treasuries. There was nothing in his palace in all his realm that Hezekiah did not show them. When, then the prophet Isaiah came to King Hezekiah and asked him, What did these men say, and where did they come to you from? And Hezekiah replied, they came to me from a distant country, from Babylon. And Isaiah asked, What have they seen in your palace? And Hezekiah answered, They have seen everything in my palace. There isn't anything that in my treasuries I didn't show them. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord of armies. Look, the days are coming when everything in your palace and all your predecessors have stored up until today will be carried off to Babylon. Nothing will be left, says the Lord. Some of your descendants who came from you, whom your father, will be taken away, and they will become eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. All right, that's an introduction to the book of Daniel. Next week, uh, we will see uh, more in, about Daniel and introduce Daniel and his friends. I surely hope you enjoy this new season two of the study of Daniel. Next podcast will be starting in verse three once again. As always, I pray this podcast has found you well. God bless you. 
and take care.